Super Talk Mississippi media production. Find your new ride at Kia McCombs all-new location at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Come find out why McComb loves Kia McComb at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Right on the corner, right on the price. Welcome in. Good morning. A beautiful, absolutely beautiful day. Uh, a nice change of pace from the just crap we've had the last couple of days with bad weather and stuff like that. So a beautiful Thursday morning. Welcome in to Mike in the Morning. I'm Mike Fork. Glad that you guys are with me as you always are. So today I'm talking about uh, something that I brought up on the radio show yesterday, actually. It was, uh, you know, we're kind of in the the silly season of college football, right? Where there's not a whole lot going on. Spring is over. Recruiting's about to pick up, though. Um, the dead period will end at the end of this month. And so your programs will actually be able to recruit again. So there's going to be some stories coming out of there for sure. Now that you're going to be allowed to host official visitors again and stuff like that. So that's something to keep an eye on uh, at the end of this month is how that goes. Because you're... Uh, Recruiting news and information is about to skyrocket as opposed to what you've had for the last year or so. I feel really bad for, okay, I don't feel really bad uh, for the recruiting service guys because they do more than just cover recruiting. The people that operate these websites and stuff have subscribers and they have podcasts and all kinds of stuff. So they've been okay, but there's been a severe lack of recruiting information out there because nobody's really allowed to do it. And so that'll change. So at least we have that. But right now in college football, there's um, kind of a lull in news. that We hit it right around this time every year. Now that spring practice is over, we hit a real low, and then things pick up when media day starts beginning later on this summer, and then boom, it's college football season. College football has not mastered the art of always being in the news like the NFL has. We have a low, and that low is is right now. So I came up with something for the radio show yesterday, kind of on a whim, and it actually sparked a pretty interesting conversation. When it comes to the 2021 National Championship, this year's National Championship, if I gave you Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State, or the field, meaning, uh, excuse me, uh, or the field, meaning the rest of college football, literally everybody else, Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, or everybody else in college football to win the national championship, who would you take? And uh, I'm going to reach out and see if I can get um, some kind of odds on this. Just uh, hypothetical, of course, just to see, you know, what would it, what would that kind of bet be like? Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, or the field for the national championship, if you could get something like that. Who would you choose? Because as you guys know, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State have really kind of dominated this thing. LSU was an anomaly in 19, but otherwise, it's all we got. It's those three. So who would you take? Um, JP says, uh, endless loops of spring games until August, basically. Which I don't understand that. I mean, why would you prioritize spring games over, um, like, 
games from last year or two years ago or whatever. I mean, wh- why why do they air so many spring games and not actual games from the past? I mean, they're both like you know the outcome. One of which though was actually between teams that cared about winning and it wasn't a glorified practice. So I don't understand that at all, but we'll get into that today. I've got some thoughts on that. First, real quick, I want to remind you that this does get uploaded in podcast form. So if you're watching on stream, good morning. Glad to see you. Uh, This does get uploaded in podcast. So on iTunes, Mike in the morning, uh, Spotify, my name will also turn up results. Also on YouTube, uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel at Michael Borky. I've got some some plans coming for this football season. So get out ahead of it and subscribe right now. It's free, so it doesn't cost you anything to do. And um, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, also on social media, you can find me anywhere, Facebook, Twitter. Just search my name, and I'm there. All right. Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, or the field. And there's a couple of ways to look at it. Um, and as JP just pointed out here, um, all three have new quarterbacks talking about Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. And that's the first thing I, I kind of look at here is when when you're looking at these three teams, the perennial national championship favorites, the ones that are always there, it doesn't matter you know, what assistant coach has been there, the next guy is going to be just as good. It doesn't matter, hell, it doesn't matter who the head coach is at Ohio State because Ryan Day steps in with no experience and they're still a football factory. It's what they do. I mean, it's it's really been these three and everybody else, even though Oklahoma has had recent success, once they get to this level, they've kind of flamed out. They have not performed very well in the playoff. I think these three are on a level that is different than anybody else. But, as JP pointed out, three different quarterbacks, three new quarterbacks, I should say. Uh, Alabama will be um, without Mac Jones, obviously, who just got drafted. Um Really good fit for him, but they've got to replace him. And the perennial favorite is Bryce Young. Um, I watched the Alabama spring game, and it's just a spring game. Uh, He did look comfortable, though. And that's what I was looking for uh, when I watched Mississippi State. And what you didn't see was the perennial starter, Will Rogers, did not look like he had a grasp on that position. He didn't look comfortable. He didn't look like it was his team. It was his offense. It didn't look like that. Now, it's just one spring game. Like I said before, that could have been the opposite in literally every practice. I mean, who knows? But just in the spring game, it didn't look like Will Rogers was the guy. It didn't look like he had a grasp on that position. Uh, Bryce Young did not have that problem. Bryce Young looked very comfortable. It looked like it was his team. It looked like it was his job. Um, I was impressed by that. In real live game action and the limited action I've seen, I was a little underwhelmed, if we're being honest. Um, It is just a spring game, but he at least looked like he was comfortable in that role. It also helps that Alabama has the best everything around him. Probably easier to play quarterback at Alabama uh, than most everywhere else in college football. But he looked comfortable. I'm not buying him yet, but at least he looked like he was comfortable. And then Clemson, uh, DJ... Uyongali, XYZ, ABC, um, I don't think Clemson will miss a beat at all uh, without Trevor Lawrence. Um, they won't miss him at all. And that's not a that's not a shot on Trevor Lawrence. That's not me calling him overrated or anything like that. I, I'm not doing that. I think Trevor Lawrence is very much appropriately uh, rated, if you will. 
Um, I just think DJ, I think it's Uyunglele, probably wrong, but I think that's how I heard announcers say it. Although, um, when Clemson played Notre Dame the first time around, I think they tried every pronunciation. <laughs> there was not a consensus on how to say his last name. Either way, from what I saw from him, especially in a big moment too, um, at Notre Dame, the way he played and then after that as well, it wasn't just one game. Um, I don't think Clemson will miss a beat. I, I think he is that talented. I think he's that good. And he showed you, albeit in limited action, that he is a supreme quarterback destined to be a first-round pick as well. So when you look at Clemson and you say, well, Lawrence is gone, go watch what DJ did in Lawrence's absence last year when he was out with COVID. Go see what DJ did and tell me that that team is going to take any kind of a step back because I don't buy it. I think that kid's elite. I think uh, I've got fuzz on my shirt. It's driving me nuts. Um, I think he's elite, um, destined to be a number one overall pick. He's got every single skill set that Trevor Lawrence had. I mean, he's got everything. And he looked really good getting thrust into a situation that a lot of young quarterbacks would not have been prepared for. And he lit it up because he's that good. I have no idea about Ohio State. I have no idea who's going to be the quarterback. Um, there, There's two guys, uh, Jack Miller and C.J. Stroud, are, are the two people that are vying for um, competition. Um, so we'll see. There, there was an early enrollee, a freshman coming in as well. But you know, Jack Miller took the first snaps in the spring game. Apparently, I, who knows? I have no idea what they're going to be like, and so that might change things some. I do think, though, Ohio State has very much separated themselves from the rest of the Big Ten because, just from a talent perspective, even with a new quarterback, who's Ohio State's biggest challenger in the Big Ten? Who's our biggest challenger? Is, is it Wisconsin? Um, and I should have had Ohio State's um, schedule pulled up. I'll pull it up right here. Um, but who's their biggest competition? Uh, they opened the season with Minnesota on the road, which is kind of interesting breaking in a new quarterback uh, on the road in a semi-hostile environment. That's interesting. They host Oregon in week two, so that's probably their most difficult game on the schedule. But I mean, they, they go to Michigan, but they've owned Michigan lately, and I think there's a pretty significant talent gap. Um, they host Penn State. Indiana's not on their level talent-wise. Uh, they go to Nebraska, who's probably going to stink again. I, I mean, it's that's my, um, that's my thing with Ohio State is, I mean, who in, who in the Big Ten is their competition right now? Even without Justin Fields, who at times last year didn't perform very well, if you remember. Um, who's gonna who's gonna beat them? I mean, who's capable of beating them? And I think right now the answer is Oregon. And then, and then I don't know. I have no idea. So those are the three that I'm giving you: Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, all replacing quarterbacks. But I'm telling you about this DJ guy. Uh, Clemson's not missing a beat at the quarterback position this year. Maybe they'll miss Travis Etienne. Um, Stuff like that. They return a bunch of guys, though, Clemson does. I mean, it's a, it's a football factory. Um, they have nine guys returning on defense. Nine 
players on defense. Now, that's a defense that got lit up by Ohio State, but still, um, there's a lot coming back. And I think they're not going to miss a beat at all. (laughs) Zach says air quotes around uh, top teams talking about Notre Dame. So that's my choice. Until they prove me otherwise, that's my choice. Because although, and I'll get to this in a second, I think this might be a year that's best set up for actual, well, parity in a college football kind of way and not like in any other sport kind of way that I think this year's setting up for actual parity. Until they prove me otherwise, my choice would be those three. Because I really believe, I really believe in DJ Uyunglele at Clemson. I think he's a Heisman contender this year. And... I mean, Clemson has Georgia in week one. Um, but if they get past Georgia, they're running the table. Um, Ohio State, I think they have a great chance of going undefeated because they have no competition in their conference right now. They have very much separated themselves from everybody else. And Alabama, while Alabama does play in the SEC and it is a new quarterback, I don't see anybody in the SEC West especially that is able to, this year, match Alabama and compete with them and beat Alabama this year. So that's my choice. I am taking those three over the field. But let's see what uh, some of you guys said. Um, Murph says, uh, but here's the thing. Since Ohio State showed how to beat Clemson, do you think Clemson will take a step back? Um, You know, that is something that uh, people haven't talked. Why is this happening? Uh, That people have not talked about enough is the the sign-stealing thing at Clemson. Now, in fairness, they uh, apparently weren't doing it the same way that, say, the Astros were with closed-circuited camera feeds and stuff like that. But Clemson was very much looking at the signals of their opponents and calling their defenses based on what they could pick up in signals. Now, they couldn't do it every play, of course, but they were trying to do that. And they were making calls based on that. And that's why you saw Ohio State mix up their tempo so much. They went so fast. Clemson couldn't get set, couldn't get their defenses set often because they were trying to call their defense based on what Ohio State was giving them and they weren't doing it. uh, Clemson wasn't doing it fast enough and Ohio State lit them up. I wouldn't be surprised at all, Murph, if if when Georgia um, or when Georgia and Clemson play, that Georgia just goes full on tempo, that they do everything fast. If they're smart, they will see if Clemson's adjusted. I, I would if I were Georgia, it's tempo, man. It's the, you, you snap, you get the snap off. Player goes down, however he goes down, he tosses the ball to the ref, and you line up and you run another play in five seconds. That you just try to tempo Clemson to death to see if they've adjusted from the debacle that was their defense in the college football playoff. Um, you've got to test that. You have to test that, and so we'll see if Clemson and Week One will know if uh, if that's something that that Clemson is uh, is still going to try to do. Because not enough people have talked about that. Seriously. Clemson was trying to pick up on signs and call their defense based on that. And they got burned. They got burned bad. And Georgia should do the exact same thing. Zach says, uh, I think I have to take the three. Alabama and Notre Dame have shown the top teams will get in even without a conference championship. Yeah, I mean, Alabama can lose a game. Um. And I read your your text out of order, sorry. Um, but Alabama could lose a game, and they're still making the championship. That's the thing. The SEC, the SEC champion 
will make the college football playoff. It's, it's going to happen. The SEC champion is going to make the college football playoff. So that, that's an easy choice to me. Um, JP talking about Ohio State schedule says, no one, definitely not Maryland or Rutgers. They have no contemporary in the Big Ten. Yeah, I think r- right now, I think Wisconsin is probably the second best team in the Big Ten. They're really steady. I respect Wisconsin football a lot, if we're being honest. It's a, it's a state that doesn't really produce a lot of high school football talent in a region that doesn't really produce a lot of high school football talent. It's tough up there to get high-quality players, and yet you know, they win 9, 10 games every single year. They're always good. They're always respectable. They have a great atmosphere. The stadium's awesome. The student section's awesome. It's, it's a fun program. Now, they don't recruit well enough to to win anything of great value, like they've won the Big Ten and they've gone to the Big Ten Championship. And Brett Bielema took them to three consecutive Rose Bowls. Um, but I respect Wisconsin football. I really do. I think I think it's a program that um, Ole Miss and Mississippi State can emulate to some degree. Because Mississippi is a better talent-producing state than Wisconsin. There's also two SEC teams in this state, which muddies the water uh, a little bit. But Ole Miss and Mississippi State can be a program that probably won't compete for national championships very often, if ever, because we don't have the resources here that they do at Alabama or at LSU. I don't know if Batson Children's Hospital has somebody funneling money through it to give to recruits around here. Now, I know we play the game around here, but people ha- have better resources to do that at those places. It's not just above board. It's below board that we're lacking as well. Um, but they can be Wisconsin. Why can't they? Why can't Ole Miss and Mississippi State be a Wisconsin? Always have good teams that have an identity. Mississippi State has completely changed their identity. They went from always run to never pass to what what what's a run um, with Mike Leach, but Wisconsin has an identity. Like JP says, they win eight, 10 games a year and they run the football. It's exactly right. They put good players in the NFL. They run the football. They, they play physical. They have really good offensive linemen. It's a good, stable, respectable program. They've changed coaches multiple times. They went from Alvarez, uh, I think, it, it wasn't Bielema after Alvarez, was it? Or, or was it? I don't know. Uh, but they went from Alvarez. Uh, he became the athletic director. Bielema won games. And then you had Paul Christ, who's winning games. And Murph says, in part, it's because of their division. And I agree with that to, to some degree. But it, it's not like they have a bunch of more resources over their division. Um, let's see. So the divisions in the Big Ten are – so they're in the West. It's Illinois, Iowa, Minnesota, Nebraska, Northwestern, Purdue, and Wisconsin. So, yeah, it's not Murderer's Row or anything like that. And maybe Ole Miss or Mississippi State can't win 10 games a year like Paul Christ has at at Wisconsin. He does it every year. But, I mean, let's not pretend like Wisconsin has so much more than Nebraska – or so much more than Iowa, for example. It's yeah, it's easier for them to get to those win levels. But um, 
Ole Miss and Mississippi State can be respectable eight-win-a-year programs that sometimes get up there to 10 and sometimes have a rebuilding year at six, but that can be done. It absolutely can be done. It hasn't yet, but they can do it, just like Wisconsin's doing it. Um, but they can do it, for sure. If they were in the East, Murph says... Uh, they wouldn't be as good. That's true. I mean, they, they would have Penn State, but I think they're better than Penn State right now. But they would have an almost guaranteed loss with Ohio State every year. JP says, why? Because there's no Wisconsin State, no major program within their borders. That's one reason. The state is united in their efforts. We are more divided in this state than together. That is true. Um, we do produce more players here, though. And the bordering states produce more players as well. I mean, Mike Leach has never, ever been known as a recruiter. Uh, Never done it well at all. He comes to an SEC program and recruits a top 30 class. First year, after not having a good team. Mississippi State was bad last year, guys, and Mike Leach recruited a top 30 class. I think they were like 26 or 27, right? On some services, they probably cracked the top 25. Um, It's different here. It's very different here. Wisconsin doesn't recruit. They can't recruit at that level. I mean, they're perpetually 15 to 25. We do that here. We do that here with instability. Imagine if maybe these two guys figure it out and stick around for a little while. That would change. But uh, but anyway. Um, yeah, Zach, Ohio State got in without winning the Big Ten, too. I mean the brands, man. They 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 get they get the benefit of the doubt. Ohio State got in because they're Ohio State. That's why Notre Dame got in last year because they're Notre Dame. This isn't a hindsight thing. I know they got smoked in the playoff, and Texas A and M won their bowl game over a good North Carolina team. But I've got the receipts. I said on the radio before they selected the playoff, that Texas A&M belonged over Notre Dame. So this isn't like a hindsight is twenty twenty situation. I, I, you know, I, I nailed that one, which doesn't happen very often, but I nailed that one. Texas A&M belonged last year over Notre Dame, but even an SEC team does not have that brand power, that influence, the way Notre Dame does. And Notre Dame got in because of what their name is and not – for any other reason, because Texas A&M would have been more competitive than Notre Dame was in the playoff. I promise you that. But even an SEC team kind of has to earn it over somebody like that. (laughs) JP, yep, comes with the territory for Leach. He says, almost like the best conference gets the best players and has them drafted for a reason. It's amazing, isn't it? Uh, Mike Leach didn't have to recruit to Pullman anymore or Lubbock, which isn't, oof. I'm sure Texas Tech people are very friendly people, but they've got it rough. If you gave me a choice to live in Starkville or Lubbock or Pullman, I'm picking Starkville 1,000 times out of 1,000. It's not even close. It's not even a thought. And then there's more talent around here as well. So kind of by default, you should be recruiting top 30 classes in the SEC. It's probably tougher for a place like Missouri because their state doesn't produce – uh, like the one here does. Uh, obviously, Vanderbilt's a different animal. I don't even really count them because of how different they are. Um, but 
there are four, 12 of the 14 jobs in the SEC, I think, are top 35 jobs in college football. Uh, so it's completely different. You're right. But um, back to the subject. So I, I'm picking the three, but their biggest competition. So if you're choosing the field, I think there's only a handful of teams you're really choosing. So first off, uh, one of them is Oklahoma. Oklahoma has dominated, absolutely dominated, the transfer portal. They have added a bunch of people in the transfer portal. Um, I mean, that's like going to be their team. <laughs> guys that weren't on the team last year, except for uh, Spencer Rattler. Uh, they return a bunch of guys, I think uh, like 16 starters in total. Um, should be a really good team, a really good quarterback. Rattler had turnover issues earlier in the season. Uh, that recovered later on. He's got the ability. He's got the – certainly he's got the talent to to be a guy that leads Oklahoma to another college football playoff. But uh, forgive uh, the lack of analysis here, but until they prove to me that they're ready to compete with the Alabama, Clemson, Ohio States of the world, I, I will not be picking them to win anything like that yet. I mean – the Big 12 is pretty good. Iowa State returns their quarterback and a bunch of guys. I mean, that's not going to be easy. Oklahoma State's always solid. Texas, I expect to be better. And even if they do get there, I'm not convinced even still with the transfer portal and everything like that, that they have really built their roster into one of the nation's best. But they've always kind of had that and yet are coming up short in the playoff. But still, returning a quarterback, experienced team. So... Oklahoma, Georgia, obviously. I mean, I don't need to say much about there. They lost a bunch of guys, though. Georgia's returning four starters, four of them, on defense. And they have Clemson in week one. It's Georgia. They've recruited top five classes every year under Kirby Smart. I'm sure the guys that are stepping in are also blue-chip players, and they'll be fine talent-wise. But that's something to consider when you're you're picking Georgia to win the SEC and stuff like that. Um Four returning starters on defense. That'll hurt them in week one. But they also have Daniels back. He looked good at the end of last season. I think that might be in part uh, because of their scheduling. I am not as impressed with him as other people are. Don't get me wrong. He looked good. But I'm not seeing number one overall pick, a Heisman Trophy winner. Not yet. I could be wrong, but I I didn't see that yet. I'm not going to go ahead and hand him the trophy right now like some people are but it's Oklahoma Georgia I think that um I don't believe in Iowa State at all nor Texas A&M I know on ESPN's way too early top 25 uh, they had Iowa State at six and Texas A&M at seven I'm not there yet Texas A&M should win a bunch of games Uh, they're going to be really good on defense they don't really lose anybody on defense um, but replacing a quarterback, and I think Alabama's still the class of the SEC West. Um, I had somebody text into the radio show yesterday and say, well, well, Jimbo Fisher always loses these games. And does he, though? I, I mean, he had to kind of build up something at Texas A&M, but they went 9-1 and one last year. They should have made the playoff. He, he's won a national championship after an undefeated season. What do you mean he always loses a weird game? I I don't really see that the same way some people do, apparently. Um, I do believe in North Carolina. I think North Carolina is a team that actually can compete with Clemson for the ACC and can make the college football playoff. Uh, 
I don't know if that scheme will translate well to if they actually do get there. Um, the simplicity of it when you're matching up athlete for athlete against a team like Ohio State or, or Alabama or Clemson, I don't think that'll play. But if you look at North Carolina's schedule, it's a very favorable one for them. They return a quarterback. They have everybody back on defense. That should be a really good team and a playoff contender. Not buying Cincinnati at all. I think Oregon and Southern Cal are also sleepers there. Um, so those would be my choices. It would be basically Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State versus Georgia, Oklahoma, North Carolina, Oregon, Southern Cal, Notre Dame. That's really about it. Otherwise, I think there are too many flaws for for everybody else that would not allow them to compete at that kind of level. So we might have a year of parity, at least the illusion of it, because of what you guys said at the beginning, the quarterbacks. The three best teams in college football perennially are all replacing their quarterbacks. Oklahoma returns a bunch of people and their quarterback. Georgia returns a bunch of people on offense, nobody on defense, and their quarterback. Oklahoma, or excuse me, Iowa State returns their quarterback. Oregon does not, but they got to transfer one that they believe in, and by and large, I think Oregon's going to be a very good team with very little in their way. Same thing with Southern Cal. They're basically in each other's way. I think they're both capable of getting there. Zach says, if Oregon wins the national title this year, Mississippi State fans will be in shambles. Yeah, imagine um, what Ole Miss fans would feel like watching Matt Corral be coached by Joe Moorhead at Oregon because that's what was going to happen. Um, Anyway, JP says, thank you. Since that thrilling playoff loss to Georgia, Oklahoma has not been on that level of play. They haven't. They have not been there. And they've got to prove that they're there. And maybe this is the year they do it, but – I'm not a believer in them yet, so I'm taking the three. But uh, that's just me. Fun conversation, guys. This is so much more fun when you when you interact like this uh, on the text line. I mean, the or the the comment line, if you will. the The numbers are good. The podcast downloads are great. They're growing. Everything's great. More of this, though. This is more fun for me when you guys do this. So thank you, and um, y'all have a great rest of your day. I'll, uh, of course, be on the radio this afternoon from three to six, but. Uh, Back with you tomorrow as well at 8. We're talking baseball tomorrow, though. It's Friday. And, um, yeah, we'll talk some baseball. Get you ready for the weekend. But for now, you'll have a great rest of your day. See you at 3. And if not, see you tomorrow at 8. Talk Mississippi Media Production.